Hello, welcome to Spirituality Simplified. I'm your host, Allie Stewart, intuitive energy healer and founder of Soul Healing with Allie. In this podcast, I will share with you what I have learned in my quest for the truth and break down all things spiritual into easy to understand concepts so that you can take what resonates and continue your own journey of discovering and connecting with your true divine self. Hello, welcome to Spirituality Simplified. I am so excited about today's episode because we have special guest, Michelle Welch, and she is the author and here to talk about her new book, The Magic of Connection. So Michelle Welch is the owner and operator of soon-to-be three Soultopia metaphysical stores in Dallas, Texas. So there's one in Bishop Arts, one in Carrollton, and soon-to-be Frisco, which was rated the best metaphysical and crystal shop in Dallas. Michelle offers intuitive readings and healing sessions in addition to teaching classes on crystals, tarot, energy work, and intuition. As a psychic medium, medical intuitive, and energy worker, Michelle specializes in helping people to gain clarity, discover their soul's purpose, overcome trauma, and claim self-empowerment. A reformed attorney, she is still an active attorney at law, licensed in the state of Texas, and has lent her intuitive abilities to numerous court and law enforcement cases. Michelle is also the host of the Soul What podcast and the Michelle Soultopia YouTube channel. She is also an ordained minister and holds many certificates in various divination and healing modalities. She just recently published her book, The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords, and Learn to Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life. You can find her at michellewelch.com soultopia.guru or mysoultopia.com. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. It's so good to see you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So I, I have to first start off and kind of gush a little bit because I was just talking with Michelle and she is, she's my first spiritual mentor and teacher. Like you started it all for me. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I might get emotional, but um, I'm so honored and blessed to have you on the show. This means so much to me because um, you really encouraged me to pursue my spiritual path and you really led me to where I am today. And, you know, you were my first teacher. You taught me my Reiki courses and chakra healing and balancing. And it's, and I remember walking into the Soultopia store for the first time. Like I had just, I just had a mala made for me and that's what really sparked my interest in crystals. And I was looking for crystals and searched on the internet, came across Soultopia. So I was like, okay, I walked in, I'm like a little nervous, not really knowing like what I was doing. And I just remember walking in being like, oh my gosh, this place is incredible. The people were amazing. The energy was amazing. All this amazing crystals and incense and so much beauty. It was awesome. So warm and welcoming. And then I got to know you and Roger, your husband, um, through all these cool classes that you offered. And it really was because 
Michelle, you believed in me and you encouraged me to do this. And that, I mean, literally my life changed in that moment for the better. I mean, it's just, it's been such a beautiful, positive transformation and I'm just eternally grateful for you. So I just wanted to make mention of that. And, and I remember you working on this book, which was so cool. I mean, this was you know, while we were taking classes and you talked about this, you were talking and telling us transmute the energy guys. Like, um, so it's really special to see this come to fruition and, you know, for you to share this amazing wisdom for all of the world to experience and learn. So I'm so excited. I loved it. Here's Michelle's book for all you guys that are watching it, the magic of connection. It's beautiful. Um, I can't wait to talk about today. So again, thank you so much and welcome. Thank you for having me. I remember the mala and I remember your mala because you had a bead on the back of your neck. And I remember because whoever made you that beautiful, beautiful mala, because we make malas too, but I had never we had we would all have the always have the guru bead you know down in front, but whoever made it for you put it on what a lot of people will call the god spot you know back on the back of your neck, mm-hmm. and you had that they, they had told you the special reason why they put it back on the back of your neck, and you told me about it, and I thought that is really really special, and you had a special connection with whomever made that for you, and I remember right then, I mean you just had this just light about you and this angelic energy. And just, um, I say angelic, somebody else may call it that somebody else, but something else, but it was just this radiance. You just, it just went, your aura, your auric field just went out and out and out. And you just, when people meet you, you stay with them. It's just somebody, you're just somebody that people notice. And it's not just because of your outward beauty. It's because of how, kind you are and how you just um, radiate this joy. And I don't always remember, I tell people, you know, when I meet with them, for one thing, I try not to remember all the details of things I read or things I meet for one, because I'm an attorney and that's just ingrained in me to kind of forget. So I keep confidences, but two, just you know, we see a lot of people assume it's because we see a lot of people, right? And it's not that it's just because I, I kind of try to forget. So I'll keep confidences. But you're just somebody I remember, you know, from the first time I met you. And I remember that mala. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> remember that. And I remember that, that feed on the back, right? Yep. Yep. There are yeah. actually two of them. And they were like situated right on each side yeah. of my spine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was really, really neat. And that's, I remember that being yeah. like the first time we met. And we just hit it off from the first time. And um, I feel like I learned just as much from you as um, maybe you learned from me. And I, that's how I think it should be. I think it should be always that the the teacher learns from the student and the student learns from the teacher. And it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's never just one way. Right. Oh, thank you so much. That was so sweet. I just, I love just being in your presence again. It's just amazing. You have such a beautiful light too. And I feel so blessed to have learned from you and you really, really were this, that, that, um, spiritual teacher that I needed. And you came into my life at a perfect time. So, 
so excited. Um, so I just want to make a little note too, which is kind of funny. So I noticed that today is March 30th and this is actually the 30th episode of this podcast. So I felt like that was kind of cool because and people who listen to my podcast know that I love numerology and I always talk about that. So, you know, three in numerology represents creation and joy and manifestation and um, it combines the energies of the number one, which is new beginnings, and two, which is, you know, relationships, balance, duality, things like that. And I really feel like this episode is like perfectly aligned with this energy of three, because it's all about looking at your energy in a new or different perspective or way to create, you know, a joyful, balanced, connected and empowered life. So I think just, just want to make that note. Thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> cool. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about yourself, Michelle, first, and tell us about your spiritual journey. Okay. So, oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> question because it's been, you know, all over the place. Uh, so, you know, I um, was, my spiritual journey is, is I've always been a spiritual person, I believe, um, from a very young age, just felt connected to something, I guess, as we would say, greater than myself, but maybe not greater than myself, but just beyond myself. But I was taught that it was definitely greater than myself. Um, I was taught that we were very subservient to everything and I, that I was very subservient to everything. And I'm always, always give a disclaimer that I love my parents very, very much. And um, they raised me in a very, it's, it wasn't Baptist, but a very uh, evangelical. We went through a lot of different um you know, types of denominations, but uh, my grandfather was a preacher. They're all very um, religious people and very loving people, and uh, but very much in the church. And I went to church a lot. So much, and I do believe it's spirit, it was spirituality. A lot of people will say religion is not spirituality. I think that's um, a, on a case-by-case basis that you have to take that because I think there are a lot of people that are in religions that are also spiritual people. So you can't just put that all in one box and say religion isn't spirituality. I think that's um, not fair to say that. Uh, sometimes it is. Uh, so it was, but it was a box uh, that I was put in to believe a certain way. And so I tried. But when you are really young and you you haven't shut down your gifts yet and you see things in church like okay they're talking about angels and you see angels or they're talking about spirits and you see spirits and you see them in your home and your parents know you do because you're saying well what about that over there <laughs> or what <laughs> I see that and then like so it's very confusing to a child when you're singing about angels and you're you're talking about the the other realms but yet when a child talks about them they're not supposed to talk about them. So that's very confusing to a young child that that is very vocal about that. So I went through that a lot in my life and the, and I actually um was taken to like and given orange juice. That's what is really yeah, I was told to drink a lot of orange juice. I don't know if they thought the vitamin C would and then I actually had one of those experiences where I fell running in and um to from recess and I hit my head on a pretty large rock. 
And then my, what I would call psychic knowingness, because I'm reclaiming that word psychic, because it's not a bad word. And I, uh, it's not a negative, you know, neon sign word or anything. And my psychic knowingness just kind of shot through the roof. And I was probably that time about third or fourth grade, but I got a lot of really bad headaches and like migraines. And so it just shot through the roof. And then at some point, I just said, I'm going to stop talking about it because I would get in trouble every time I'd say, you know, something like, oh, you know, you're, you're really sick. I can feel something in your head. And then they'd have a brain tumor or something. So I'd get in trouble for that. So fast forward, um, you know, raise my kids very, you know, picture perfect. Plano, Texas, the way you're supposed to raise them. I'm in law school, you know, and then I'm a lawyer, the whole, you know, perfect life. And uh, just one day kind of what, like they say, woke up and said, what am I doing? I see stuff all around me. I have kept myself just shut off from all of this for so long. And it's not authentic. I don't believe any of this. And um, there were some things that led up to that, but, uh, and just wasn't really happy and didn't feel I felt like I was kind of faking life and I wasn't really well wasn't happy and I felt like I was raising my kids to not really be authentic either Mm -hmm. so that's kind of was my spiritual journey and then I took some risk in my life and I I did I took some risk to to kind of come out in a very, I was very entrenched in a church, a very prominent church in Plano, Texas, and the, you know, just very well known, and uh, and I was very entrenched in that church, and my law firm was, and everything, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, over time, I found how supportive people have really been because they were like, they kind of laugh and say, I'm. Now we get you. Now we kind of understand who you really were. We knew you. And back, you know, in churches, they'll call it the gift of discernment and prophecy and things like that. Um, so that's kind of my spiritual journey. And mm-hmm. and it, I've, a lot of times uh, when I first had, did, started doing interviews, a while even before the book, I would say, I don't want to be asked about re- religious questions because I don't want to slam my family, which I'm not. Uh I don't want to be at, talked about church, talk about church, because um, I don't want to slam church, which I don't. Everybody's welcome in my stores, a church, from any denomination, any belief system. I'm not slamming it. I'm just saying I've expanded my beliefs. But Roger, my husband, will laugh, and he says, "You always open the door to that, so you might as well just leave that off because you always talk about it, and it's because it's part of your story. Because most of my life was about church." And it's just that I've expanded what that means to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that. You know, I mean, I, I grew up in Texas as well. And it's, yeah, it's just the way it is. You know, it's just not as open. Um, I think it's, it's definitely not. becoming more. Um, yeah. But you make some great points. I mean, just just that feeling of authenticity. And I think that so many people are awakening at such a like rapid pace now. Um, and it's getting to that point where you can't ignore it anymore. You know, like these, these feelings, this, this call to 
you know, pursue your purpose or your, your true purpose and what you're really here to do in this lifetime. I think that's becoming just, it's becoming more prevalent and aware for people and that you just can't ignore it anymore. You're right. You get to that point. Right. And yeah. where I think now I'm helping people is in other communities, other, um, you know, there's a lot of diversity in our store and, um, in some communities, the church is the bedrock of their community. And so as my store becomes more and more diverse, it is very hard for certain people to, you know, the church is where they go for community. And right. so um, maybe it's become, maybe in different states, it's for certain communities and cultures, it's not been that hard for them. But for other cultures, that's still the bedrock of their community. So what I've seen in Soltopia is now I'm able to talk to people from other cultures and say, I can, I can give you my experience. I did go through that and I know what it feels like. Um, so even though it may not be in other states that it was like in Texas, I can tell you in certain cultures, it is entrenched in their, in their culture that church is their community. So it's very hard still, even in states, uh, states across the United States, um, for certain cultures, for them to, even though they're trying to awaken, for them to step out of that. Um, so for, you know, mainstream Caucasians, it might not be as hard, but for some diverse communities, it's it's very difficult across mm -hmm. the United States still. And so I'm now being able to talk to, to those friends of mine and say, I've been there. I'm not in your exact shoes, but I understand that it's difficult because that is, that's what your whole community revolves around. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like that was kind of part of my journey too. Like I remember I was feeling this call to spirituality, but all I knew was, you know, church and organized religion. And I tried that out. And I remember thinking, I just, this doesn't resonate. And again, that's it's great for people who it does. It's just for me personally, it wasn't. And I remember going into your store and feeling like, oh, there is this community of people that are, you know, feeling the same way I am. And it's just this supportive spiritual place that I can just be myself and connect with other people who appreciate me for who I am. And I can appreciate them for who they are. And that's so important. And it's, it's interesting too. I mean, thinking of the title, I was thinking of the title of your book, The Magic of Connection. I feel like connection and community is so important right now, especially, I mean, it always is, but I don't, for me personally, it's interesting ever since the spring equinox that hit this year, I've really been feeling like these messages from the universe and spirit saying like now more than ever, it's time, it's time to emerge. It's time to find your aligned community. Um, so tell us a little about that, the title, what, you know, made you come up with that particular title? Well, it's interesting. That's a great question because it had, it was going to be like chords of connection. It's really just going to focus on the chords we have all between each other. And it was great. My great publisher, um, Llewellyn, and someone from there that, that, that really honed in on the magic of connection. And I'm so forever grateful to them. And I really have to give them credit for um, introducing, because I kept saying chords, you know, the chords that run between everyone. And I talked about that in the book, um, that we are all are connected. 
and we all have cords and we're connected to everything and everyone and everything is energy, right? But how magical it is and that the magic of the alchemy and how we're going to transmute. So they tied that transmutation that I talked about in the book into the title and they were just genius how they did that. So that's why I have such great editors, Angela Wicks uh, and just all the rest of them at Llewellyn, that's just one of the pros that they are. And they really just, um, they sent it back to me. And I was just so stuck on that one title. And when I saw the magic, I was like, oh, of course. I mean, (laughs) why didn't I see that the whole time? So, um, and it is, it's just because the book talks about alchemy, which is transmutation. It's learning to change, uh, you know, know that we don't have to cut cords, that we can change and transmute that energy instead of just feeling we have to be disconnected from everybody which is what we were doing for a while we I mean I I saw some people that I thought they're not going to have anybody left you know (laughs) and um, and then some of the people in my family I mean I talked to one of one person one of my children in particular I was like if you keep this up you know why don't you try reading the book because and actually doing the exercises because there's not going to be, you're just cutting off, cutting off, cutting off, cutting off, cutting off. And if you would just manage your energy first, you might see some magical things happen. So that's why I think the book, the title is perfect. Oh, I love it. And I feel like it's so perfectly timed right now because, you know, with COVID, we've been trapped inside, you know, we've been quarantined, we've been cutting ourselves off and alienating from the world even more than maybe we were before too. Um, so I feel like this came at such a great time to encourage us to to connect with people again, to reach out and connect energetically because we're already connected like you talk about. So it's just, it's reconnecting and feeling that that sense of community and connection. Um, and so I was curious too, did you, did you start writing this before the pandemic and then kind of during, or how did that process go for you? It was before and during. Okay. And it was interesting because before I was thinking more, I just was watching social media and I was watching on social media, how people were getting so divisive. They were like, it started and my thought process, like you said, started before the pandemic because everybody was just so quick to advise. It's almost like they were proud of the advice of just cut that person out of your life. Just cut that person out of your life. And I want to emphasize it's very different than boundaries. Um, boundaries are good. Um, that's different than a total cutting someone out of your life. You can set boundaries uh, without a total cut off. Of, of, you know, just total severing of a cord. And so, you know, that's the first people, people like to go to the extreme. You know, they like to take you all the way to the extreme. Well, what about this? You know, what about if you've been abused by a pedophile? Okay. And I can talk that bluntly because I'm a lawyer and I dealt, I had cases where I had to deal with pedophiles. And, and so I can say that's addressed in the book. Okay. And I'm going to say, um, you can forgive from a distance, okay? But to answer your question, uh, I it was before and during when I wrote about the book and it, I started, I, I got a little bit tired of hearing this thing of just cut that person out, just cut that person out. Just, and they were, it's almost like with pride, people were talking about 
step into your authentic, authentic, authentic self and just cut them out, cut them out, cut them out. And I was like, that is not love. Uh, not my definition of love. Yeah. And love yourself. And it was a lot about me-ism and love yourself and love yourself and love. And I, I agree, we do need to take care of ourselves too, but it was going so far on social media. And so that's when I first started and hearing a lot of self, like quote unquote, new age or whatever you want to call them, spiritual people lead people down this path of just like this sort of tough, authentic me-ism, okay? And it was rubbing me a little bit the wrong way. So that's how I started the book. And then, and it was sort of just this isolationism. Like I'm an island and I don't need anybody else. Then as I was writing, it was during COVID and Benabel Wynn wrote the foreword to my book. She's also, an uh, she's incredible. She's an incredible author. She's an attorney licensed in California and New York. Uh, She's just incredibly bright. And so she wrote about COVID and I kind of left it out. I referred to it a little bit during the book, but they told me don't mention it in the book because you want it to be timeless, right? Right. I don't think they realized how long necessarily it was going to go on and how it's going to be one of the, it will be talked about forever. But, um, but I left it out and, uh, but it did get to the point where you're like going, yeah, now you, you have a different kind of, you know, this isolationism and realizing how much we really do need people in our lives. It's, it goes to a different kind of the way you're looking at this needing people mm-hmm. and, and this social distancing. And then they were changing the word, not wanting to even call it social distancing. They were wanting to call it something else. So it was all so interesting how it was coming together, but really, and then the, the election came, you know, that, Oh, don't talk about that. For goodness sake, we don't want to bring that up again. But really, the truth of the matter was, it was one of the most divisive things we've ever seen, right? In a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my own family, I had two two of my sons who it was almost literally, I hate to say it, but in words, like a civil war between the two of them. Okay, and one of them believed if you if you believe that, then you cannot love me, and the other one said, "Well, sorry." You know, that's what I believe. And so between then my daughter in the middle saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you believe that. So it was just craziness or not really craziness, but it was bad. I mean, it was it was, mm-hmm. it was harsh and um, harsh energies. And it was I didn't know if we would survive it as those three loving each other. They do, by the way. But um, <laughs> thank goodness. And then uh, but it was y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, everyone knows it's listening. I mean, it's 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 still there. And so we have this divide there too, right? But we're all still connected, no matter what anybody thinks, no matter how much they want to cut off, they're still connected. So then we had that going on. And once again, everybody going, I'm cutting that person off. I'm never going to speak to that person again. And so again, the the magic of connection comes into play because can you really cut somebody out of your life like that? Can you, and how then that, then that ties in kind of the other aspect of the book, the empath, those of us who feel those energies so harshly, you know, so strongly, can we, and, and we feel it so, it just it upsets us so much, and then we want to hide from it, but can we or should we, and then those of us who are so strong, like, I'm just cutting that off, or I, I don't want to feel that way, but yet, the more energy we give to it to cut it off, the more strongly we're going to feel it. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so that, would you say, is that kind of what prompted you to write this book? It's just noticing these trends that are going on and yeah. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. It's just interesting. Like how it just, it was just so divinely timed. It was just perfect. It's exactly what we need right now. (laughs) Absolutely. I couldn't. And it's interesting. I was telling you before the show started and it was so interesting because uh, we had, and I'm not name dropping or anything, but it was, it was so interesting to have Matthew, Matthew McConaughey was on my podcast and he is one of the kindest people I'll ever meet. And, uh, Seriously, I mean, he's it's probably one of the nicest guests I've ever had on my show. Yeah, I haven't had you on, you'll be the nicest. But, <laughs> That's right, he's, <laughs> he's so kind. And we asked him, you know, like, how'd you feel with your book coming out in the middle of the pandemic? And he said, The thing, and we were talking about my book, and he's and he had read it. And the thing about it is to, to know that a book may be before its time a little bit before it's time, but then all of a sudden somebody, it will take off because people start realizing that book really is saying what we need to know. Yes. And his book says sort of the same time, same thing as mine. Like you've got to know when, you know, you pivot, you know, when you concede, you know, when you've got to, you know, it's, it's called green lights and it's really, you guys, guys, his is a really good book. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you, um, you know, you know how to adjust, but you, don't it's not about you know hatred towards people it's about just adjusting these relationships Mm -hmm. and that's 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 um what my book's about it's just and really mine's about managing your energy instead of like cleaning up our side of the street instead of worrying so much about everybody else's and I think for so long we've been so busy worrying about what everybody else is doing in our relationships Instead of just, and that's that meism again. We're just so busy what they're doing to us. Instead of just looking, okay, what's my part in it? It doesn't mean blame. I'm not saying to put blame or shame on yourself. I'm just saying, okay, let me check and scan my energy and see, okay, do I have any part in this? Okay, no, I don't. Then you know what? I can heal this. I don't really need to worry about what so-and-so is thinking about me. I can heal my part of the energy and I don't really have to worry about my cord of connection with that person. I'm still corded, but I don't have to cut it because it never works anyway. Right. And, and it doesn't. And, mm-hmm. and I can explain why if somebody wants to know. And I, I thought I would have so much argument about that and I really haven't. So either people haven't been brave enough to argue, argue <laughs> and I think they are because people love to argue. I think they'd be like on here going, let me tell you why. And I was warned that people would because people like to love their cord cutting ceremonies. And I I just said, if you like it and you want to still cut cords, do it. But the more you, to me, there is no sense in trying to heal trauma with trauma. Mm -hmm. And the more you, I just believe that Everything, if and I just make it case by case by case. I put out my case just like I would a legal a legal argument, and that's why I sort of start with the laws of the universe, which I knew might be a little boring way to start the book, but I had to because that is the way you know you have to understand the laws of the universe to get it. Yeah. And um, if you get that everything is energy and it never goes away and there's just a limited amount and it just changes form, 
we can perform magic, which is the title of the book. We can do it. We can mm-hmm. change the form of energy. And that's where all the other books, in my opinion, about being an empath fell a little bit short. Now, are they wonderful books? Of course they are. They told us how to be an empath. I mean, they told us what we were. They explained to me why I was so sensitive, mm-hmm. why I, you know, felt energy so strongly. Uh, but I felt at some point that I and many of my customers were using it as a crutch a little bit mm-hmm. and as to sometimes as a little bit of an excuse. And at some point, I thought we needed to evolve a little bit. As mm-hmm. an, and we needed to stop doing that and we needed to step up. And we, we were to truly be empowered, we really could just step up and be a little bit stronger as an empath and say, wait a second, you know, I can actually change the form of this energy. If a black tourmaline can do it, I can do it. I can, I can transmute the energy. So we need to be a little bit stronger and not, if we want to be, and if we don't want to be, that's fine too. But I'm ready to, I'm ready to step into my impact, like truly be empowered because there were a lot of books that were telling me I could be empowered and I get to the end of the book and I'm like, they're still telling me everything I can't do. Right. When are they going to tell me what I can do? Yes. <laughs> you know, when? I mean, and so I was waiting, I was waiting, I'd waited. And I, I literally read every book on impasse and I, I, every single book I could find and not one of them was telling me what I could do. They were telling me how to put bubbles of protection, which I do say in here, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to know how can I go to the next step and really be magical? Mm -hmm. And that's what I want people to know. We really can be if we want to be, but if we don't want to be and we're too tired, like today, I was telling you before the show started, my ears stopped up a little bit. I've got a little, you know how you feel funny? I I think I'm in Colorado with you and I feel a little off, you know? I was like today, if I had to transmute a lot of energy, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I'd rather just have my shungite and black tourmaline and my bubble of protection probably on today and not transmute a lot of energy. But if I'm in a feel in a, I'm in a stronger mood, I would be transmuting energy. And mm-hmm. but it's because I practice the steps in the book. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't just do it overnight. I have to go through the book and practice. Yes, and I think too, just having that awareness of you know what, maybe I'm not in the right spot to do that. I mean, that alone has is showing how advanced you are and how you are implementing this whole practice and theory. Um, and it's, I love the self-empowerment piece because it is, it's really becoming super aware. I think you're right. It's the easy thing is to just not look at yourself and to not, you know, go inward and see what's going on. It's easier just to kind of look at your external environment and say, okay, this, this, and this is what's causing this instead of really going inward and saying, okay, is this my energy that we're talking about. Um, and you talk about the importance of going inward and doing a scan of our own, of our own energy. Um, and you give us practices, which are really great. Cause if you, I know a lot of people have a hard time or maybe they're just starting on their spiritual journey and they're not really sure how to do that. And so Michelle gives really great practices that and it all goes in a great order too to help you kind of build those skills and determining um 
you know, how to determine if it's your energy or maybe something else, or maybe from the collective. Um, but that's, that is like the ultimate self-empowerment is saying, okay, you know what? I can go in, I can see, is this mine or not? And then I can deal with that, right? If I can transmute it or whatever I feel I need to do at that point. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the ultimate right there. And that's self-healing. And I think that's what people are looking for right now. Um, it's just, it's really, it's that way to, and, and if we all did it right, then everybody would be great. <laughs> the energy right. would be amazing. I, I love that, that you said that because I think if we all did it and then we just sent love to ourselves and love out to others, you know, just a global love. Okay. Love to ourselves, not shame and blame to ourselves, but just love. Just today, I, today I choose to just love myself and send love to others. Even if I'm, it's a global love to the collective. If we all did that, what a difference there would be. And I will say one thing about those exercises. As I know, I am this, I will tell you, I am the kind that I would probably pick up this book and I would probably be tempted to skip some of the exercises. I admit that, Okay. I would highly encourage you if you get my book, and I do encourage you to get the book, um, <laughs> do the exercises, even if, and I do repeat the grounding over and over again, mm-hmm. and I do it on purpose because I want it to be, I want you to know it by the end, rich, that ritualistic grounding, and I ground between heaven and earth, so we're not like flopping around like those balloons outside <laughs> that they have outside of like car places and stuff. And uh, so some of it is a little repetitive. It's uh, it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just to fill the book. In fact, it got a little bit long, me doing that. And so oh, yeah, I almost had to cut it, but I really wanted it in there. But if you will go through each exercise, even if you already know it, just read it. Okay, it doesn't take you that long to read. Um, and it starts with the exercise, just how to feel energy at first, okay? And even if you know how to feel energy, it doesn't take very long to feel that again. And then every day, you know, before you walk into a meeting, uh, scan your energy. I forget to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Allie, do you forget sometimes? And I know oh, yeah. This stuff. I mean, but I still forget because I think, oh, well, I know how to feel my energy. And I know if it's my energy or somebody else. No, you really should. Before you walk into a room or a building, yeah. you probably should just do a little quick scan What's mine? I mean, I knew this ear thing was mine today. I <laughs> feel it before I was around anybody else. But other subtle things, you may just want to go, okay, you know, is that headache mine? Is that little, little bit, a tiny bit of anxiety mine? And you just kind of do a quick scan of your body, you know, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. And you just do a quick scan. You get better at it the more you do it. And Sometimes we may just do it without even realizing we're doing it, but just be conscious of it before you go into a meeting, Before, especially, you know, before you go into a meeting with, say, um, you know, your boss or or maybe you're leading a meeting or I, I think of legal stuff, you know, before I'd go into trial. I mean, if I'd known to do that, I mean, how, <laughs> you know, because you're picking up on all kinds of energy, whether oh, you, yeah. whether you think you're an empath or not, we all absorb energy. And let me tell you something, we absorb energy, whether we put on bubbles of protection, whether we carry a black tourmaline, um, whether we carry our, you know, selenite, whatever we do, <laughs> we still absorb energy. Mm-hmm. 
that may be a shocker to you, some of y'all, but let me tell you, especially if you're an empath, we are bumping auras with people all the time. <laughs> and not only people, spirits. Mm-hmm. There's spirits all around us. Um, right. Not just disincarnates, not just ghosts, but spirits. There's spirits mm-hmm. all around us of every kind. Um, you know, this, I mean, we'd be kind of silly to, and prideful, I think, a little bit to think there's just humans roaming around the earth. I mean, there's all kinds right. of And so you're bumping auras with, you know, I say bumping uglies, you're bumping auras <laughs> with people on things and people and spirits and energy. It doesn't matter, just yeah. energy mm-hmm. constantly. You're if you walk by a tree, you're in tune with the energy of that tree. And inner, you know, people think, oh, you know, hug a tree. Well, the tree may be having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Right. You ever thought about that? You know, yeah. oh, hug a tree. Or oh, hug a puppy. What if the puppy had a bad day? Mm-hmm. So if you're an empath, you may pick up on some of that. So, you know, um, you know, go go talk to a plant. Well, the plant may, we, we always just assume, oh, it's going to help us. Well, they're all, their energy too with high and low vibes too. And we always assume they have high vibes. But what if they've been through some trauma? And they may have. So, you know, you scan your energy first. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of the most important exercises in the book. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, and this is good for anybody. I mean, even if you've been practicing energy work or healing, or I mean, even like I went through this and I went through your checklist too. And I was like, oh man, I've got some work to do. <laughs> we all do. We yeah. All do. And I think, I think even maybe it's probably best for people just starting and people who've been kind of doing it for a while because we kind of get lazy about mm-hmm. it or kind of lackadaisical and just kind of think, oh yeah, we got this going and we just kind of forget a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went into this furniture store recently and it was just really crowded in there. And, you know, I mean, I just totally forgot and even think about it, just walked right in. And then all of a sudden I felt so lightheaded and dizzy and I had to leave because yeah. but that would have been a great example of, okay, let me just scan, just, you know, scan before. And then, you know, if I'm feeling that way, is it mine or, you know, is it just what I'm feeling in the store? And, you know, yeah. let's just step aside and just transmute that right then and there. It's a great. And that's a great example because then you don't have to leave. Right. <laughs> then you just go, okay, where's that coming from? And when you transmute energy, you're not I call it a transmutation vampire. And I, I, I just said it a couple times in the book because mm-hmm. people think, oh, vampire so bad. But you're not being, you're not taking anything from anybody because they're throwing their energy at you. They're just sloppy with their energy anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So the energy's there. The energy's there, especially if somebody's rude to you. Okay, so let's say a friend's rude to you. The friend just completely keeps throwing shade at you. She just keeps being rude. She, he, whatever. And they just keep doing it. So the energy's just out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to either take the energy and your feelings are going to be hurt, or you're going to take the energy and you're going to use it for vitality. So you can choose. Okay, am I going to have my feelings hurt today? Because, and this is a bad example because Allie and I get along great. I don't think we've ever hurt each other's feelings that I know of. <laughs> but let's say I hurt Allie's feelings, or let's say Allie hurt my feelings. I could either say, okay, I'm taking that energy and my feelings are hurt, or I could say, I'm going to take that energy and I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to hold on right there. I'm going to mold that energy because energy is energy. You guys, here's the point of the book. Energy is energy. It can change forms and you can transmute it. 
Okay, you can change the form of it. So you hold it there and you just change. It's literally alchemy. You just Mm -hmm. change the form of it and you just change it into something you use. Okay, I need energy today. I need my ear to feel better. So I just change it, put it there. Okay, just change the form of it. And that's what you do. And you say, thank you for that energy. And I send you love. I love that. That's what you do. And that's, and you're not harming that person in any way because they've sent that energy to you anyway. It's good. You're going to take it on anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, now some people might say, well, why don't you just block it? Well, you you can do that too, but most of us are taking on that energy. Okay. Most of us are just taking it on anyway, and you're going to absorb some of it, Mm -hmm. residual energy anyway. Yeah. We'll just mindfully, and some of us will say, well, I could just mirror that back to them. Well, you could. You're mm-hmm. mirroring back. I don't believe in mirroring back negativity back to them. And that whole negativity thing I talk about in the book too. Okay, who's to say, you know, you know, without comparison, negativity and positivity, we can't really say in a vacuum who knows what's negative, who's what's positive. That's mm-hmm. really a vibration. So what's negative to Allie. I might think is positive. I mean, you really can't judge it. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember that quote on that, but it's one of my favorite quotes in the book of myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about um, that um, about how you, you know, um, judge the the labeling that energy and I, I'd have to find it, but it's it's about the, the negativity and the positivity. Mm-hmm. And it just if I I find it really funny how people Okay, that well, that's negative energy, and I'm thinking, how do you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You really have to just take the energy and judge for yourself what it's doing, and decide what I want to do with this. You know, when when something it's not in alignment with you, right? Right, because somebody here's what I was going to say because somebody may be working on this, you know, on, on project A in life and somebody else may be on project B and they may feel like this, you know, project Mm -hmm. A and B may feel not in alignment with each other, but the purposes Mm -hmm. are different. They're different purposes. We come here for different reasons and they may not go together and they may not feel in alignment. They're not on the same train tracks. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're just not. And so that doesn't mean necessarily one's bad and one's good. They're just not of the same purpose. Right. And so if they collide with each other, we may need to transmute that. And it may not even mean that energy may not mean be meant for harm. It just means that you transmute it to what you can use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I made a note to talk about the positive versus negative energy because I thought that was a really good point. And I was like, gosh, I didn't even think about that. And and you're right. And again, it goes back to the self-awareness, the self-empowerment, you know, going into any situation. Like when you have that tool and that confidence, you can go anywhere. You don't have to worry about like, oh gosh, am I going to feel so much or am I going to get all winged out from this? Like, uh-huh. no, I've got the tools. I can do this. Yeah. I can see it clearly. Yeah. And I've got the tools. Like if I want to just be in, in, you know, my three levels of empath, if I want to, if I want to be in an empath and training, nope, no level is better than the other. If I want to be an empath and training, that's perfectly fine. I can use my bubbles. I can use my 
all my tools, I can use all my crystals, all my things. If I want to be an equipped empath that can just use everything or I can just transmute energy and I'm in the mood to do that. Or you know what? If I want to be an unequipped empath and I just want to not know anything about being an empath today and I just want to be a blob, you know, like literally I don't feel like doing anything and I want to take it all on and I'll deal with it later. I can be that too. Mm-hmm. None of them's none no level is worse than the other. It's a journey. Like I hate you know yeah. that sounds so cliche, but it is. It's why I call it the superheroes, you know, journey because a play on, you know, Joseph Campbell's um, hero's journey, because I don't, I think it's a cyclical thing because, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're not up to the challenge, we don't have to be, you know, we really don't have to be up to it when we don't want to be up to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. You know, it is, you're right. Like it's, it's, you're kind of, it's not always just linear. It's just, it's, you'll kind of go in and out. Um, And I, Yes. Yeah, speaking of the super superheroes journey, I love this. But first, I want you to talk about. Um, you talk a lot about empaths, right? And right. how this is a buzzword these days. And it was really funny because yesterday <laughs> I saw this article by Google saying that empathy is the skill of the future. Now, <laughs> it's the what of the future? The skill of the future. Oh, okay. Yeah, for leaders. So I'll have to send you that article. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it was interesting the um, the way they were talking about it. And like, it's kind of a big uproar. Like I, I saw somebody comment about it. They're like, that's, it's not a skill. It's, you know, like it's, it's interesting. It's a big debate right now. Because uh-huh. um, I do think like a lot of people don't really understand what that truly means. And you talk about that too. So help us to understand like what is an empath and why is it important to understand that? Okay. So you know, there's this whole, and I don't know what they were getting into, but, you know, there's empathy, there's sympathy. Okay, so empathy, sympathy is, you know, you can feel sorry for somebody. Empathy is you feel their pain. Okay, you you take it on, you lean into their energy, and there's levels of that even. You know, are you a hypersensitive? Are you, and I didn't, I had all that in my book, and I touched mm-hmm. a little on it, and I kind of got out of it because I'm not a psychologist. I didn't want to go into it. And you know what? All the other books go into that. All the other empaths book. And I wanted to go beyond that. So I, so an empath, um, it was really Dr. Judith Orloff that came up with that term as a noun. Um, So, and she did a great job, a, a, a fantastic job of coming up with that word as a noun. So everybody started using the term, I'm an empath. I'm an empath, I'm an empath. And they had all these great quizzes to determine whether you're an empath. And even then beyond that, what kind of empath am I? You know, am I a geopathic empath, you know, for the earth? Am I for, you know, feelings and emotions? What kind of empath am I? So it's a great question. And, and it helped a lot of us to know, you know, how to, how, what that I am an empath. I lean into and I feel others and feelings more intensely than other people do. And I have great compassion for other people. And that's what they're talking about is this compassion. And I do believe that. I believe some of us do more than others, okay? Um, I mean, because we feel it. When we know it, we do. I mean, just we know it, right? I mean, and I have them come in my store all the time. What I then had a problem with 
where I go beyond that, I don't know if I answered your question enough, but that's that's what I believe an empath is, an empathy versus sympathy. And, um, but where I got into, tr- feel like it goes a little off the rails is when they start using it as an excuse, um, including myself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm empath, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm an empath, I can't be in large crowds. I'm an empath, I can't be around certain people's negativity. I'm an empath and that person's too negative. I'm an empath and I can't go in that store because the energy's too something, something, something. And it's always somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I heard it almost daily in my store. Yeah. And really, or in my office. And I started thinking, I sound like that. And so it's can't, 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 mm-hmm. can't. So then I got to that second level of I'm, I want to be an empath who's equipped or in training so I can choose. And then I want to be on that third level where I'm an equipped one and I can, I can do whatever I want. I can just transmute. I can, can't, I can, I can choose. I can just do, you know, it's all one. It's like magical. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, I think people are jumping on the empath thing is not new. Um, what, and I am grateful for those who wrote the 10 million books and articles and cosmopolitan quizzes on <laughs> how to be, you know, are you an empath? And I pe- think people love that and they want to read those books because they want to know, they want to be, they want to explain to them what they are. Right. Right. And why they feel the way they feel. But mm-hmm. what I've, begging them to do is to go a little bit beyond that because I don't want them to get stuck in what they are and what they can't do because that is not empowerment. Right. It's not. And and I I don't want I want to be careful how I say it because I think that it did empower us for a little while, but it's time for us to go a step beyond that and really realize that to transmute energy is, it's it's magic, but magic is, is, it's physics. I mean, mm-hmm. when you, everything is energy and it changes forms, that's the law of thermodynamics. Okay, so we can do it. And so uh, I think about, you know, when people sage, okay, mm-hmm. so, oh, let's clear this energy because then we can feel better. So they sage. And what they do is they sage out their front door. But if they're not changing the form of that energy, guess what? That energy is just hanging outside the front door. It's not changed. Mm -hmm. So anybody who walks to the front door, it's just getting on them. Yeah. (laughs) And and they're just bringing it right back in the house. Right, right. (laughs) So you've got to change the form of the energy. You've got to Mm -hmm. transmute it. And and that's where people are just missing that last little step. And as I read more and more and more and more and more, it just hit me. And it's logical. And it's illogical to think the other way. And so there's just book after book after book. And I think people love, and me too, I love these quizzes that told me what I was. Mm -hmm. But I wanted something to tell me how to be an empath. Not right. how to just say I'm an empath, so I can't. Right. Yeah. It's like putting you in a box and, and keeping I, yeah. you small. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I do think impasse are the next leaders of the Absolutely. world. I, I do think we are the ones, but if we're, if we're told to be small, then we won't be the leaders. Now, right. I, I think there's some who aren't prepared and that putting that pressure on them won't be good. But if they can go through the book and they can be empowered, then they will have the choice of whether they want to do that or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be put on somebody that they have to be, but some of us are ready to be. Mm-hmm. And and the compassion that empaths have, as long as they scan first and they don't take it on and they transmute it, yeah, I do think they will be the leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those are the people we need to be leaders. And I say right. that in the book. Yeah. I mean, then it's, it's such a gift. And I think a lot of empaths feel like it's a curse a lot of times, Um, but this is changing the perspective and showing you that, no, this is a beautiful gift that you have, that you can use for yourself and for others and the whole world. And it is going to be such a gift for leadership. Um, And and again, it's coming back to that empowerment. And if it's starting, you know, leadership and you know, kind of just trickles down and shows other people. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but now when I read each almost daily that somebody says it's a curse, I think they haven't read my book Yeah, because I thought it was a curse. I did. I I mean, for years, but that is an unequipped empath. Mm -hmm. That that is somebody who has not had it explained or they've read. And I I don't want to knock the other books because that those were the stepping stones yeah those were the they, they or the they paved the way right I mean those were like the people who without those books we would never be able to be here to where we can go to the next level but right. we have to take it to the next level because yeah. we are right now we're at the place of we've got everybody saying oh uh I'm an empath and I'm I'm not trying to make fun because I am one mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying how sad is that where we've got the most, I think, loving, you know, every a lot of people are loving that aren't impasse, but we've got the people who can really lean in and tap into the what this world needs. Mm-hmm. And they're saying it's a curse. And I've said that. Mm-hmm. But in my book, I said, I say, you know, my letter to the reader at the end basically says, please know. You are the one to save the world. We, and I don't mean that in a corny way. Yeah. So I kind of agree with, <laughs> I haven't read all the negatives or pros and cons of that article, but I agree in a way because with that article, because if it's done in the right way, the way I say it in my book, I agree. Mm-hmm. And so every time I see that it's a curse, I think as it has been portrayed. Right. But if you take it to the next level. It's not. Yeah. And I love that because if you're reading these books, I mean, the, on the positive side, yes, it's like, okay, I'm, I, it's an awareness. It's like, oh, okay, now I can understand why I am the way I am. But it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy, right? So it's like, oh, well, I'm an empath, right? And so then you just put yourself in that box and it leads down to the, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. Like you were saying. Um, right. But this is helping to take that to the next level and saying, right. okay, 
yes, I'm an empath, but how am I going to deal with this? And how can I take advantage of this? How can I make the best of this and see it as more of a gift and not as a curse? So I just love that. And so you talk about the superhero's journey, Mm -hmm. uh, which I love. So tell us a little bit about this. You've mentioned it a little bit, but tell us about that journey and how that relates to empaths. Well, you were talking about numerology and synchronicity earlier and the synchronicity of today being the 30th show and March 30th. Uh, It was interesting. Tanner, my daughter, came in one day from law school as I was writing. And I said, you know, I just feel like there's something a little bit missing. And that earlier in the day, I don't know if you remember Rachel or not that works here, but her son had said, it sounds like she needs the superheroes, this hero's journey. It sounds like that whole thing because she has the tools and she calls them sidekicks. And, you know, because I think we're the hero of our story and we don't need to put everything above us all the time, which is how I was kind of raised. Everything, you know, we were subservient to everything and I don't agree with that. Right. And so then my daughter walked in and said the same thing. Well, I wasn't raised with any of that. All you guys were, but I was never taught the Joseph Campbell's none of that. Okay. So now everybody was, so I thought, okay, we're doing superheroes journey and we're going to have all of the the levels, you know, you know, are you going to rise to the challenge? You know, so you meet, you go to the threshold and that's like, you're unequipped. Mm -hmm. Um, So unequipped at the, at the beginning level is what we've been talking about. You know, that's where you, like I say in the book, that's where I walked into a party. I had come home from school from law school. Um, I, I can't remember which stage it was. I, I, I don't know if it was a baby shower. I got pregnant yeah. right at the end of you know, law school. And um, I, I got married like right after law school. And um, and it was, everybody would count. And she, and it was, it was a year later I was pregnant. You know, <laughs> I always see people counting. But um, anyway, so, um, and I was, I saw people talking in a room and I talked about it in the book. And it was and like, are they talking about me? Are they talking about me? You know how impasse will do. And it's just a little, and then, you know, impasse do not like to be called paranoid, y'all. Just so you know, don't call, ever call an impasse paranoid. They do not like that. Or sensitive. Highly sensitive, but we're not paranoid. So don't call an impasse paranoid. That is not cool. And so, um, that's a no-no. And so, um, so my mom was with me and she, I saw him talking. I was like, are they talking about me? And she goes, no. And so she, we were on our way home and she said, that's almost like reverse narcissism. And back then, nobody used the word narcissism, just so mm. you know. Yeah, that's another no big word now. <laughs> this was a long time ago, y'all. Narcissism's like a buzzword now. It was not back then. Nobody said yeah. that word. And, and it was, though, I started thinking, it's, it's like I was a kind of reverse full of myself, you know, like to think that everybody was talking about me. Well, come to find out they weren't talking about me, right? They were talking about, did they have a part in the church? musical or whatever and they were they were talking about their own stuff one of them had a headache you know and half the time that's what it is right we think it's about us and it's not because we're full about ourselves we're just worried you know is it oh no you know because we just we read a room and we can feel it we can feel everything in the in the room and um what was the question (laughs) oh at the beginning the um sorry about that the um the unequipped empath I was unequipped because my mom was a great mom, you know, uh, but she didn't understand what an empath was. She didn't understand how sensitive I was. And I heard things like, you're too sensitive. 
uh, you talk too much. You, you, um, it was a lot of, she didn't mean to, or they didn't mean to shame me, but it was a lot of you, you, you know, you, all the things we hear, you, 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 you're too sensitive. You take things on you think everything's about you. You, a lot of things that sensitives hear and mm-hmm. empaths hear, and that's an unequipped empath because you're not given the tools, any tools, because you don't know. And you don't know why you feel the way you feel. Nowadays, I think more people understand it, but not really. And a lot of times you will also, as an empath, have some intuitive knowingness that you haven't explained to, to you either. Right. So you have these, this heightened sense of awareness of everything around you and you don't understand why. And you just really don't have any tools. And it's nothing to feel bad about. You just no one's has ever explained it to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's an unequipped impasse. So there's no negative to it that you're unequipped. It's just that no one's ever explained it to you. Yeah. And so I think that's this book is really important for parents so they can equip their children. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the um the empath and training is where you start getting your tools. You start finding out about bubbles of a protection, whatever works for you. If you imagine a bubble, if you imagine, you know, um, in the in different different Bibles, they talk about it different ways. Uh, Bibles or different literature, different religions, they all talk about it. Um, and the Quran, all of them talk about different things: hedge of protection, protections, uh, talismans. In all cultures and all beliefs and all religions, they talk about different ways to protect, put. Uh, guards of protection, fields of protection, um, areas of protection around your auric field. Uh, it's nothing that is new age. It's been around forever. And so they talk about that. Uh, and so you can do that or you can do it with even crystals or, or other tools. But mainly that in that area, we're talking about um, sort of some visual things you can use. And then you go into the... Um, but you can also add in the affirmations and some of the sidekicks I talk about. But those sort of blend. When you get into the um, the uh, equipped empath, you can still use the tools, but you can use these sidekicks, which sort of blend into the two. And that's where you use your your affirmations, your meditations, your mantras, your gods and goddesses, uh, your, you can use tarot card, whatever you like. If you want to use candles, if you want to use colors, if you want to use visualization um, to transmute energy, and I go through all of them. And if there's something in the book you don't believe in, if you don't like tarot cards, then don't read that chapter. It's not right. And if you don't like spells, um, there's a spell in there. Uh, to me, a spell, you know, um, to me, that's just a ritual. That's what a spell is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a ritual of using candles to represent something. Uh, if you don't like that, don't use it. If you um, like affirmations, use that chapter. If you mm-hmm. love spells, use that chapter. So I gave just a lot of different ways that you can uh, trans transmute in- energy. Eventually, you can transmute energy in that equipped empath just by moving your hands. Mm-hmm. And Allie, people who've seen me do energy work, that's what I do. I just move my hands and I don't even have to move my hands. I can just do it in my head, mm-hmm. but you just move energy because yeah. everything is energy. I mean, literally everything is energy. And right. so it's just in different forms. And so you can right. just move it. Yeah. So those are the three. I love that. And I love the connection to the fool's journey in the tarot cards 
Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh man, it's genius. So <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, I I love Tarot. So um I just it, tied it all in. You know, we have the hero's journey, the superhero's journey, the fool's journey. And so just the fool's journey or the the archetypes in the tarot are the 22 major arcana cards in the tarot. And those are from like Carl Jung. I always say Jung or Jung <laughs> or whatever, but they also from the archetypes go way back before him even. And so you can use those um, like uh, to begin your journey. As you start your journey, you're new on your journey, like the fool and the fool doesn't mean foolish necessarily that means just night you're, you're you're ready you're ready to start your journey so it's just uh starting your journey just like you would the the hero's journey or the superhero's journey you're new to it and then you go all the way through and tra- some of the transmutation cards would be you know the death card the hangman card the hermit card uh just different cards like that that can represent trans you know just uh, transmutation or changes in your life when you're ready to make changes in the death card is just representing um, out with the old kind of in with the new. It doesn't always have to mean, and, and often it doesn't mean a physical death. It means just death to the old and bringing in something new. Yeah. 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 I love that. There's all the sidekicks. I love that you yeah. present all those, like you said, whatever you resonate with and then you can learn more too and see if maybe there's something that you didn't know before. Like maybe you haven't really been into crystals and there's all these amazing crystals you talk about too. Of course I love crystals, but <laughs> oh, yeah. so of course there's two chapters on crystals. Because, of course, um, yeah. The crystal chapter was like, uh, you know, <laughs> we had to break that up a little bit. So I break that up into kind of the crystals to get you ready. And then the crystals that you use for transmutation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that. And and the tarot ones too. I mean, I love the exercises because it's like a, a hands-on experience. I think if you're involved and you've got, and, and my whole thing this year, and I talk about this a lot on my podcast is that, you know, we need to connect with our inner child and, and kind of play a little bit more. And I love that it's kind of implementing this, like working with cards or playing with some crystals and like really connecting with that and, and, doing something a little more hands-on. I think you connect more when you do kind of something. So I love it. There's all the the sidekicks you talk about are awesome. I think you Um, can also probably, Allie, you can uh probably actually draw out your, you know, use some colors or some fun markers and draw out your cords. Um, You know, you could draw like an energy ball of cords, like on the book. Mm -hmm. Um, You could draw, have an exercise where you draw that out you know, maybe start with you and then uh, the things that, you know, use different colors. Um, that may be a fun exercise to do in a class yeah. or something or just on your own to draw out with different colors. The, the things that are, you know, things, situations, people that are you're courted to right now that are either bothering you or the, the ones that feel good you know, too. And, and, and you could write about those and draw those out and that might be fun, you know, just coloring and drawing. Yes. I love that. And it's funny. I was reading your book and I've like been getting all these ideas of <laughs> like fun classes. That would be cool. Um, and it's interesting too. So let's, you brought up the cords. That was something, I mean, this is a big part of your book. Um, tell us, you know, some people may not know what 
that term means. And it's really funny because, you know, you were my first teacher, right? So I never really knew about cords before. Like I didn't think about cutting cords because that's not what you taught. And it made sense to me and I haven't really even thought about it. Um, But I know that that has been around for so long. So tell us like, what do you mean? Like what are cords? Um, And, um, you know, and you talk about too, like, again, we talked about energy, is it negative or positive? You know, can there be negative and positive cords as well? Okay. So um, cords are, what cords are thought to be is that we are, first of all, we are connected, as I've said a bunch of times, to everything, everyone, every situation, every energy you can think of. So how is that connection? People think of that as some sort of tie-in or connection to your 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 auric field, okay? Somewhere in your chakras or your auric field, your chakras or your energy vortexes in your physical body, your auric field is that field out around you or your transmutation, your trans, um, I can't even think of the word, I'm saying it's transmutation now. Um, your, what is it? Oh my gosh, I say that word all the time. What is it? Trans, um, in my Reiki, he- in my stellar gateway healings, I'll think of it in a second. Oh my goodness, I'm like losing your star. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I always say outside of your body chakras, and I use it every day, and I can't think of it, you guys, right now. <laughs> I it on the ear, right? <laughs> um, transformational, um, I, whatever. The chakras outside of your body. Um, <laughs> starts with a T, I can't think. Everybody's saying it but me. Um, and it, it's the chakras outside of your body. So they connect these these cords, and they're not like a little hooks. It's just where you're you're connected, like an umbilical cord. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're connected to different everything in the world. And so you think, you know, your mind is gonna start going, How could you be? There's not space to be connected to everything and everyone. I don't know, but you are, okay. And so, but it's the ones that are active are the ones that you're going to be like so you could say you're connected to somebody you've never met before well that's not going to be I think of it like Christmas lights that's one's going to be sort of dormant it's not like fired up it's not turned on right but the ones like Allie and I haven't seen each other for a while so now it's more fired up again right um we talked or you know we tried to plan this and that fired up a little bit more but um which is great if, for instance, if that cord of connection, people call it cords. If a lot of people will say, if they'll also call it something more kind of insidious, like if they'll call it a hook, somebody puts a hook in you, if they really want to dig their claws into you and they've got a hook, and they'll even describe it as, I've even said before to people, oh, seems like somebody's just got an IV attached to you and they're draining all your energy. I felt that before from somebody like, you know, um, like if they're an energetic vampire, you know, they're just they're just trying to maybe they don't even realize it. That's that friend that just drains you of all your energy and they don't even realize they're doing it. Right. Right. Okay. So those are like cords. So you're like that umbilical cord, you're just corded to everything, everyone, every tree, every situation, everything's energy, everything is one. So if everything's one, everything is connected. It's the collective, we're all one, we're all somehow connected. And maybe it's connected by a string of connection 
I don't know, but somehow we're all connected. Those are the chords, okay? Gotcha. And so um, some, and the matrix, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's then, I'm still trying to think of that word that I use every day. Um, I'll think of it. Um, so then there is the, the um, cord cutting. So what people will want to do is they'll say, let's say that there's a really bad divorce. And they just, well, let's say this, this happens even more. Um, somebody hooks up with somebody, you know, they're just together with, and, and I see, actually, I'm just going to be honest. I'll see a lot of women come in here and they just can't get over somebody that they've been with. They, and, and it's sad to me that it's a, a lot of times women, but it is, I mean, it's a lot of women come in and um, they just cannot get over somebody. And they just finally, they, They've been to somebody, because I don't cut cord cut, they've been to somebody and they've said, say they've had their cords cut with that other person like 10 times. And they still are like, I just can't forget about him. And I, if, let me just say, if cord cutting works for you, what I'm trying about to explain, keep doing it. Don't get mad at me and say, oh, well, I'm going to prove. That's fine if it works do it. But if it doesn't, then try my way. Okay. Because I, everybody I saw in from court cases that tried to cut cords with people, many, okay. Mm -hmm. Where they just said, I'm never going to talk to that person again. That's a form of cutting cords. I hate that person. I'm never going to talk to them. I'm not going to let my kids ever see them. I'm going to make my kids hate that person. That doesn't work usually to a, a, a ritualistic cord cutting of a healing. So basically what it is, is they'll just have you visualize cutting, severing the cord that, that I explained that runs between you and that, that person. They'll have you visualize it, cutting it with like, let's say an obsidian arrowhead or with scissors and lots of people do it. If you look it up, you'll see it's everywhere. Right. And then, you know, they'll do some sort of healing or they may even say gently remove the cord. Okay, so to me, I saw it never worked from cases to everybody who came in, because once they saw that person again, once they went, saw that, that, oh, they went out somewhere and they saw that guy again, that sleeping dormant cord fired back up immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. Or once they went to exchange their kids with their husband, their ex-husband, guess what happened? Boom, fired right back up again, right? Mm -hmm. So it just, boom, fired right back up. So I thought, doesn't work. And I'm not out to make anybody mad. I just, it doesn't work for me. I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't see any evidence of it working. So what did we do instead? We heal. Healing is always preferable than causing more trauma. Right. I just think healing is always the preferred way. And so what I say in a nutshell, this is the really short version, is you heal your part of the cord. Stop worrying about but what about him? He's a murderer. What about that? You heal your part, even if you didn't do anything, because you will feel better. Mm -hmm. Okay. You heal. And I give, I give examples of people yep. who have healed their part of the cord. I'm good friends with one of them. I just mm -hmm. saw her the other night. In fact, she just came into, came on Zoom in my class the other night and was saying, 
great things about Soldopia and how much she loves us. She broke her femur at our skating. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and I was healing her and I told her you broke it in two places, which is unheard of for a femur, right? But she, her book, her book is Keep Searching for Blue Jays. It's in our book. Mm, and that's a good um, story. I'll let y'all, yeah, and I'll let y'all read it. So I won't yeah. give it away. Yeah. <laughs> Very good book. It's, and we sell it. it. And so you heal your, if you can just think about healing your part so you will feel better, mm-hmm. let the rest of the cord, and, and I talk about healing all the way through the cord in the book. Mm-hmm. Even since that, then, since even since writing it, I've evolved into, if you can't even do that, just talk, think about healing your part. And then if you can work on through the next, the rest of it, go to the next part of healing. And you can use those colors, those sidekicks to help you. Color is an easy thing to work with Mm. right away. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the negative and the positive, um, what did you want me to say about that? Oh, just you mentioned how, um, you know, there's positive cords too. I think sometimes we always forget that we focus so much on, oh, got this negative cord between this person that we need to cut, but what about the positive cords too? Yeah. So, I mean, we've got every, that's the thing that people will just, it hit me while I was writing. It's like everybody just focuses on, and they focus on negative energy all the time too, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like I'm an empath. I I just feel everybody's negative energy. Well, why don't they ever talk about, I'm, I was around Allie and oh my gosh, I caught her joy. I mean, you know, I picked up on all her positive energy and now I'm in a better mood. Yeah. People rarely talk about that. Yeah. They only talk about the low vibration, but really you entrain to the highest vibration in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what we do. We entrain to it. So if you're and joy is, and, and I, in my opinion, joy is a much higher vibration. So why don't, aren't we talking about that? Mm-hmm. And so it's just that I think we, we're just neg. We have this negativity bias. Yeah, we just kind of want to lean sometimes into the darkness, and we just sort of like it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, come on, be honest. We kind of do. We kind of <laughs> on the road. We want to see what that wreck was, you know. So and so, true. I mean, don't come on, be honest, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but why don't we just go? Wow, that alley. I mean, she's so she's such a bright light to be around. I feel myself lifting up. That's a Mm -hmm. positive influence. Right. um, So yeah, I just noticed that. And it's the same with, with everything, Mm -hmm. you know, we just, and chords, I mean, there's there's positive chords. And if we'll start leaning into those, instead of focusing on the negative all the time, it's Mm -hmm. just constantly, I would hear this constant, Oh, you know, gosh, it's just so, I feel this negative energy. And now that I've set that intention, I hear a lot more in my store. I hear a lot of, oh, it feels really positive in here. It's really upbeat. It's really, I hear that a lot more Mm -hmm. than I hear, oh, you know, I mean, it's very rare you hear that, that person come in saying, and I'm not saying being fake and being phony. If you don't feel good say, you know, God, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little not myself today. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, my, I, like I told you right before I started, my ears a little off. I feel a little wonky. Mm-hmm. You be honest. You're real. Yeah. But you're not, you know, be authentic, but don't just lean into that negative all the time. Mm-hmm. I, and I did see a, a lot of people going to that mm-hmm. for 
really for the past, you know, seven years I've seen it. Eight yeah. years. And it was time for us to just switch, you know, flip that switch and change it. And people now we're wanting pos- we're wanting positive news, aren't we? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think too, like even, you know, when you think of clearing, like, you know, before the transmuting came out, this book came out, we cleared negative energy, right? But then I think mm-hmm. people forget to fill back up with the positive and loving energy. And, you know, I was thinking like, tap into those positive cords, you know, imagine those positive cords and just let that energy flow yeah. it back in and just enjoy. <laughs> we forget to do that. Just want to be happy. And I just thought of my word because, you know, we keep talking about transmute. It's the, the chakras outside of your body are transpersonal chakras. You oh, know that was going to yes. be and also, I want to find that I want to find that um, thing about negativity and positivity. Let me see if it's in here. Nope. I I swear I have an underlined book, but um, there is a really great quote, you guys. When you get the book, um, it's about the difference in how you talk about negative energy and positive energy. And um, if I say so myself, <laughs> it's a really <laughs> great quote about um, how you tell the difference between high vibration and um, low vibration energy. And in fact, I make the point that you really can't tell the difference. And it's also filtered through um, its experiential label. It's, it's really negativity and positivity how can we really judge it? Because we're really doing it through our own experiences. That's yeah. what I'm talking about being negative or positive. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to backtrack to that because yeah. you know I get tied up on stuff a little. Yeah, no, I mean it's an important piece yeah. for sure. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway. You know, it's interesting too. So, you know, as an energy healer, I've been thinking about this and I'm thinking how, you know, when I work with clients, I'm helping to clear blockages, right? So I'm using Reiki or sound healing or crystals or whatever modality. Um, But I'm thinking that I can now set the intention that whatever energy has been released throughout that process can get transmuted into love or staying, um, you know, in the energy field instead of just clearing it out. Right. Because with energy healing, like we release it, but then, yeah, you're right. It just, it's out there. <laughs> so, but then we clear the room, right. But then where does right. it go? <laughs> I so, would hundred percent agree with that. Yes. Having, how powerful to take that energy that's released, transmute it into love and then put it back in, put it back into them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. I got so excited about that. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Like and, tra- and, we could even say to somebody, <laughs> we wouldn't want to do this, but you know, <laughs> to that person who's rude to us, we might want to say, I have this present of niceness. <laughs> do you want it back or do you want me to have it? No, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. That would be really snotty. <laughs> but um, I had to practice it at my Christmas party two years ago, right when I was writing. And Somebody was, they, she, she, I, I actually was being, having a little pity party and she wasn't being very nice. And I started crying. I mean, like I went, had to go back in the back where nobody would see me. Cause I was like, it's my Christmas party. Good gosh. You know, and why am I having drama? 
And so I had, I thought, okay, it's my book. I'm supposed to practice this transmutation. Okay, do it, do it. Okay, no, stop it. Stop being such a victim. <laughs> Just practice this. This is an opportunity to practice transmutation. You know, I've been given a lot of them. Thank you, universe. Thank you for that. I know when you write a book about this kind of stuff, you have to practice. That's a note to y'all. If you're going to write a book about anything like this, just get ready. And so um, I practiced practicing it. it, And I thought, I literally thought, now can I go back out there and tell her, okay, do you want this transmutation? And I thought, okay, no, that's not how it works. You have to just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally kidding y'all. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I love that. It was a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. And it, it gets easier if you practice the little stuff, like mm-hmm. you practice, you know, somebody just kind of gives you a dirty look in the, in the grocery store line, or somebody cuts you off in traffic. Or if you practice that, the little bitty irritants, and you practice transmutating, whatever it is for you that's little, that, whatever it is for you, those are my little things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like somebody cut me. I mean, that doesn't really get on my nerves that much. Um, Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when people I know hurt my feelings or, or do something that irritates me, that those are bigger things because mm-hmm. when they don't know me, it doesn't bother me that much. Right. So whatever you, whatever your littler things are, practice on those so that when the bigger things come, you're ready. Because mm-hmm. if you just try to start with the big whammy, big old thing that is your big thing that may not be somebody else's big thing. Yeah. My big thing may not be yours. Um, you know, you may get more angry and upset by somebody cutting you off in traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, and you may not get as upset by somebody who hurts your feelings, right? Um, mm-hmm. So whatever it is, but if you start with the biggest thing and you haven't practiced those little things, it's very hard to just offset and transmute the energy. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm an energy healer and it's, I mean, it's not easy. It's not difficult, but it's not easy, but it, it takes a conscious effort. It's just, it's becoming more mindful and aware. And I've noticed, like I have been catching myself when I've been doing my own clearing or, you know, I'm like, nope, I'm going to transmute that and give it back to the earth or what have you. Um, but well, I'm proud of you if it's not difficult, because it's diff- some of it's difficult for me. Um, yeah. that's, that's really good because um, that means you've been doing your work because some of this throughout this has been difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big, the big stuff is sometimes difficult for me to, mm-hmm. to be honest, but I'm stubborn that way. You know, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm stubborn that way and you're yeah. kinder, I think in some ways to, you know, and, and that means you're really, truly in your practice. And so wherever you're at, if you're truly in your practice, like Allie, then, you know, it's going to come a little easier to you. Mm-hmm. But if you're not truly in your pa- practice, you know, it's where you're at. It, yes. All of a sudden you have this big issue and you're wanting to just transmute it. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's, it's harder. And if you, if you haven't been practicing. Yeah. And I'll say like, when I was taking classes with you in the very beginning of my journey and you were talking about transmuting energy, I was like, what? Like, no way. There's, there's no way I can do this. What is she talking about? Like, <laughs> there's still some days I think that truly, yeah. I mean, it's, it just depends on how much I've been 
practicing what I preach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and it is like starting little, I think that's a great point too, because then once you, the more you practice, the little things probably aren't going to bother you anymore, you right. know, because you have, you're minding your own energy. You, you can feel it. You, you have done the work. You're like, okay, I'm not going to let this bother me. Transmute right. that. Like, um, and which reminds me of, <laughs> I love this, um, your chapter, let's see, I think it's chapter seven, let me get my notes back out here, um, <laughs> transmute that shit, I love this, yeah. the human, the human black tourmaline, yeah. so it's funny, like, I've seen, like, mugs and t-shirts and memes and stuff that are, like, sage that shit, right, but I think <laughs> you need to create some stuff with the tagline, transmute that shit, <laughs> Yeah, um, good idea. Uh, so yeah, that that came along because of this. Um, I it's mine. Yeah, because yes. everybody. I had a big one in here, and some you know stuff. You know how Roger is. If it's yeah. not like nailed to the floor, and somebody decides they want it, he'll sell it in here. So um, it got smaller. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, not pretty um, big. <laughs> but uh, I I every time you know at the store would be like. And I love Shungai too, but it'd be like, this will absorb energy, which it will. This will deflect and protect. And this will, and these are the three stages of, you know, the the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Absorb is level one. Deflect and protect is level two. And level three is to transmute. And that's what a black tourmaline will do. And we sell it. And I still will sell these, um, you know. If we all transmute, there doesn't need to be a solitopia because we, well, there still would be because there'd still be those days, maybe. But mm-hmm. if we became masters of transmuting and we were there every second of every day, there wouldn't need to be all these tools and sage and everything. We'd just do it. You know, we wouldn't need any tools or psychics or anything. Mm-hmm. That'd be great someday, but we're not there yet. Um, but I just thought if this can do it, so can we. And it hit me one day, literally like, the corny put thing I put in the book, like the pun, the, you know, it hit me like a rock, you know, <laughs> and um, it's like, hey, wait, hello, why can't we do that? <laughs> and yeah. so I just say, do it just like this, um, because if, if a black tourmaline can do it, we can too. Mm-hmm. And, and we, why aren't we? I mean, we're doing everything, in, you know, we're saging, we're doing everything else but we're not and everybody's telling us we're empowered but they're still telling us we're not in a way yeah that we have to have all this help and we do a lot of time Mm -hmm. still clearly yeah but but you know it just hit me and I thought god we're really powerful powerful people I mean I'm taking a huge astrology class with Monty Farber I mean he's like probably one of the best astrologers around and I would highly encourage you guys to take it through Soltopia he's um there's two versions he's from the Hamptons and he's it's incredible and he but I still no matter what anybody says I believe we're as powerful as those planets are Mm -hmm. and so yeah they're going to have some authority over me but they're not completely going to control me either and same as anything I mean so we are powerful and so that's I have I have three stores now of full of tools and sidekicks and things we can use but 
we need to step into that power. Mm-hmm. We are like dynamos and empath, non-empath. I think I don't want to get into it. I put one line in the book that we're all empaths. If y'all want to ever have that conversation with me, I'll have it. I, I was backed by psychiatrists and psychologists. I got one lady yelling at me on one podcast about that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another, <laughs> another day. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, but every, put it this way, everyone leans into some kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, whether it's compassion and energy or not, no, no, but everybody leans into energy. We can't help it. We do. We absorb energy. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, transmute it. Love it. So if you had to just impart one thing from your book, you just want one, one, one thing to know, what would that be? Oh, it's that end part. Um, yeah. I would just say how magical we are. And I, I have to say, um, it's the note to the reader at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not one thing, but I guess it's that first sentence is that my hope is that you realize that you're magical mm-hmm. and just how powerful that each and every one of you really are, no matter how you feel right now. Um, it, you know, if you've, uh, if you feel down and you feel like you can't do one of these things and you feel like, Everything does feel negative to you. Every does thing does feel like it's crashing in on you. I was there two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, I, I didn't feel like I could crawl out of the abyss, to be honest with you. So no, that's why it is a cyclical thing. So don't think that just because somebody has written a book, they've arrived Right. And that you and that you haven't. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, that that's not true at all. Yeah. And so each and every one of us are are magical, and we all are where we're supposed to be right at that moment. Mm-hmm. But but each of us have something to offer, and and I, I offer that up about um, you know where I was two weeks ago, because I do think that that is those of us who feel things so deeply. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of us are feeling things so deeply now in the, in the world. And so I want that. That's what I would say is that for, to know that everybody who, who hears this, um, don't feel like if you're around spiritual people, that they're all perfect. And they're all, <laughs> most of us that are, are, we're all searching mm-hmm. and, um, we're not perfect at all. And uh, every time I think I kind of have my act together, something else hits me. <laughs> and um, and I'm not at all. Um, and I, I struggle. I struggle with um, uh, past issues. I struggle with um, shame sometimes. I struggle with depression. And uh, But I also know that I have a lot of hope and that I can let a lot of that go. It's just those are some old conditioned tapes in my mind that I'm working through. And so I'm, I do believe that this book helps us know and other books that, um, and healers like Allie, that um, we can work through that and that we, all of us are magical. So that yeah. would be what I want everybody to know. I love that. Thank you so much. It is, it's a lifelong journey for everyone. I mean, 
healers too. I mean, we're all healing stuff every day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you so much. So where can people buy your amazing book? So um, they can get it through us at Soultopia. So at michellewelch.com. Okay. And uh, that's probably the easiest place just to remember or through Soultopia, but Amazon too. And Llewellyn just okay. everywhere, really pretty much right now through local bookstores. It's always good to support your lo- local bookstore if they have it too. Yeah. And it looks like if you're in the Dallas area, then you can stop into one of the Soultopia locations to purchase the book and you get a special gift bag of five mm-hmm. crystals. Love that. Um, and you can, of course, buy the book online and you can purchase crystals and all sorts of cool stuff at soultopia.guru. Um, and then if people wish to work with you, either maybe getting a reading or healing or take a class from you, how do you suggest they go about doing that? Same thing, michellewelch.com. I will say that, um, contact us. Um, I am booked pretty solid through June, but go ahead and, and contact us, uh, because I have other people like Allie, you know, people I can get you in contact with. So if there's something really pressing, go ahead and contact me and let's talk and I'll get you in touch with, with somebody, um, or we can, you know, book it into July. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And I will be sure to include all of Michelle's information in the jo- the show description. And again, Michelle's book is The Magic of Connection. Love it. Um, such an amazing, much needed book, especially for our times. And I really do highly recommend this for anybody at any point on their spiritual journey. It's so inspiring and fun. Um, and it's really easy to understand. That's, I mean, that's what I created this podcast. It's, you know, spirituality simplified. So I wanted to simplify spiritual topics. So it, it aligns perfectly um, because you really do simplify this to, to easy to understand concepts, even explaining energy, which is really hard to explain. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like either you kind of get it or you kind of don't still kind of blows my mind personally, but um it's awesome. She includes over 50 different exercises and meditations. You can really implement these practices into your daily life. Um, and again, thank you so much for being on the show and for shining your light and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom with us. Um, I'm so grateful and so honored to have you with us. And again, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it for today, but remember to keep it spiritual, but keep it simple. Thanks guys. See you next time. As you go along your spiritual journey, I encourage you to take what resonates and discard the rest. This podcast is intended to introduce spiritual topics in a simple way to inspire you to conduct your own individual research and seek your own truth. Disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast are not meant to diagnose, treat, or replace any medical or psychological care.